My name is Scott Nye, and this is Talking Radical Radio. Hello and welcome to Talking Radical Radio, where we bring you grassroots voices from across Canada. We give you the chance to hear many different people who are facing many different struggles talk about what they're doing, how they're doing it, and why they're doing it, in the belief that such listening is a crucial step in strengthening all of our efforts to change the world. On this week's show, I'll be speaking with Cole Rockerts. It wasn't too long ago, at least in the Canadian context, that the idea of free public transit did not get treated at all seriously, despite the fact that there were plenty of cities around the world that already offered fare-free transit, and many more that offered some subset of their services for free. Then, a few people, in a few places, started to organize around it. There was still a broad, mainstream common sense that it was impractical, but it became clearer, at least to more radical transit advocates, that there was a serious case to be made for getting rid of fares, and that it had the potential to resonate quite broadly among transit riders. Then the free transit agenda got a boost from shifts in the broader politics within the climate movement. In recent years, more and more climate organizing has been demanding not only a transition away from fossil fuels, but a just transition, one that recognizes that it's impossible to address the ways our current system harms the climate without also addressing the many ways that it harms people. In Canada, these politics gained broad visibility under the banner of the LEAP Manifesto, and more recently have been central to calls for a Green New Deal and for a just recovery from the pandemic. The demand for free, accessible, high-quality public transit fits perfectly into a just transition agenda. It would reduce fossil fuel emissions, because a system that is better and cheaper for riders leads to increased ridership and gets cars off the road. It would create good jobs, because more buses and trains means more transit operators. It would end the need for fare enforcement, which, like many other policing measures, tends to lead to the over-surveillance and targeting of particularly black, indigenous, and other marginalized people. And according to the group at the center of today's episode, research has shown that a higher quality and more accessible system results in transit riders having, quote, greater access to employment, increased social inclusion, improved education levels, quality of life, and improved health, end quote. So about two years ago, some climate justice organizers in Edmonton decided that a campaign for free transit in the city would be a great, concrete way to put climate justice politics into action on the ground. They started having meetings and creating the necessary infrastructure for their new group, which they named Free Transit Edmonton. They got the support of the union that represents transit operators in the city. They did a few initial low-investment public actions, like challenging members of city council to ride the bus for a week. Uh, and while most declined, it did give the group an opportunity to engage with council about transit and also drew some positive media coverage. Once they'd laid the groundwork, they started doing more grassroots public outreach. And then, unfortunately the COVID-19 pandemic hit. Their original plan had been to do a series of town hall meetings in different neighborhoods in Edmonton, to have lots of public conversations that would both result in a broader vision for what free transit might look like, and would also draw people into the organizing. They planned to combine that with lots of door knocking and street-level canvassing, and of course, none of that has been possible during the pandemic. They've done a few other things instead, most notably putting a lot of energy into social media work. As a public health measure, Edmonton made its transit system free from the end of March to the middle of June. 
while temporary, this proved that it can be done if the political will is there. So Free Transit Edmonton has been running a social media campaign called Fair Free Forever, with lots of memes and infographics and lots of personal narratives from Edmonton transit riders. And they've also developed a downloadable Fair Free Forever toolkit for people wanting to set up a similar campaign in their own city. And though the public health circumstances for the future remain uncertain, and they're still figuring out the details of how it will work, more recently the group has been looking to transition back towards more in-person organizing and building their base among riders. Cole Rockerts has been a student movement, labor movement, and community organizer in a few different places around Canada, and has lived in Edmonton for about a year. I speak with them about Free Transit Edmonton. My name is Cole Rockerts, my pronouns are they, them, and I'm a Free Transit Edmonton organizer and a union organizer as well. I started out doing student organizing. I went to the University of Ottawa and got really involved in my student union there. And then from that, got involved in the Canadian Federation of Students. And through that, I became a QP member. And it was that experience that really led me to union organizing generally. And that brought me to other labor campaigns like the 15 and Fairness campaign in Ontario as well as just kind of more grassroots things. And I think 15 and Fairness in particular is kind of what got me into doing more localized campaigns. Even though that was a provincial campaign, I ran it in Hamilton with a bunch of great other organizers. And that got me going and got me realizing that when you organize on a local level, it's really inspiring and you get to meet a lot of great folks, which has definitely been my experience in Edmonton with free transit. But from that, I worked for a number of unions and then decided to move to Alberta very romantically to do labor organizing in a very hard place to organize. Edmonton Transit system itself is very large. And as you have large systems, they are largely affected with many, many issues. So that ranges from services, number of buses, accessibility is a major issue, as well as working conditions for ATU members who operate transit every day. Uh, and the ATU is the Amalgamated Transit Union. The campaign got started as an offshoot out of Climate Justice Edmonton. So Free Transit Edmonton is a campaign of Climate Justice Edmonton. And I know that a few folks that were organizing around climate justice in the city on a more localized level were interested in running a specific campaign as the continuation of the Green New Deal work that they were doing and kind of picking transit as a particular focus. Because, as I mentioned, there are so many issues in the system, whether it is, you know, the financial barrier of fares that really force out a lot of folks that can't afford to keep dealing with increasing fares every few couple months that they seem to raise it, or whether it's about, you know, the physical access. There's a number of issues in the ETS transit system and a number of issues that ATU members face. So a bunch of folks from all different backgrounds, a lot of students, a lot of young organizers, some union members as well, have all come together and said, we want free transit in the city and we're going to make it happen. Spell out a little more explicitly for listeners the connection between transit campaigning and climate justice. I think there's a lot of very deep links that transit has to climate justice. Obviously, busing eliminates carbon emissions. Edmonton is in Alberta, which is very much a car province, and Edmonton is in particular very much a car-driven city. So we want all of the people that don't have access to vehicles, which, as most people know, are very expensive, whether it's insurance or gas prices. 
we want them to be able to have a transit system that works for them. All of us in the campaign are transit users ourselves, and we realize the system is falling apart. We realize it's not accessible, whether that be you know physically or financially. And we also realize that there have been many, many scientific examples of how transit itself is a much better path to lowering emissions and creating a Green New Deal. I think when people talk about a Green New Deal, they hear those words and it's kind of a buzzword or a catchy phrase, but no one actually knows what it's about. And I think the link that transit has to climate in particular is not only decreasing emissions, but also creating jobs that aren't just, especially in Alberta, in oil and gas. Not that our campaign is against oil and gas workers themselves, but is saying, what if we had a more robust transit system where folks could get good unionized jobs? that are contributing to lowering the city and the province's emissions. How did Free Transit Edmonton get started? The campaign idea hatched two years ago before I got involved, and that was primarily organizers from Climate Justice Edmonton coming together to start a new campaign and then really growing from there. One of the major things that we've done and started with was something that we called the Transit Week Challenge, which was actually started by Free Transit Ottawa, who had the idea for that campaign to encourage city councillors to take the bus for several days, one full week. We took that same model and we challenged many city councillors in Edmonton to ride the bus, most of whom said no. That campaign was successful in kind of gathering public community support. We began to do outreach, and unfortunately, that outreach that really got started was cut short due to COVID, but we've been doing outreach to what we would call natural allies to start, so canvassing the streets, getting anyone that thought, hey, free transit is a great idea, which I believe most people do think. We got students, we got active union members, we have people that support our campaign from all walks of life. We've had just so much support, even from a few city councillors who, you know, we are working on and trying to get their active support. But I do think that we see this movement for free transit in Edmonton really picking up steam. What we were planning on doing literally right before COVID hit was launching a number of town halls across the city in different neighbourhoods so we could hear from different parts and different neighbourhoods and communities in Edmonton. We had planned a town hall in McKernan, which is a neighborhood that I'm in, actually, just to really start making public forums to discuss free transit and not only what, you know, free transit Edmonton organizers think free transit looks like, but what your average everyday transit user needs in a free transit system. Because we know the issues that exist and we believe that we can really create a huge vision and a community vision together of what an improved transit system looks like and what a free transit system looks like. So we would love to do that work. Obviously, right now in COVID, it is a bit harder to safely go out and canvas people, get their feedback. So we have kind of switched to getting that online as much as possible. We've done things ranging from launching a huge social media campaign around the campaign itself. We put a a video. We are now shifting. We've had a lot of conversations 
during COVID about how we can now shift our organizing to stop focusing on politicians who don't even ride the bus to mobilizing community members in Edmonton actively to put pressure on those city councillors. So we're really ramping up our escalation and outreach and trying to figure out how to all do that in COVID. And what we've been doing so far has been kind of launching our public narratives on our Instagram and Facebook page and Twitter and showing just how widespread the support for free transit is in the city. But we have a, a range of organizers and we all kind of deeply believe that in-person organizing is the most effective and best way. So early on, after going public with the campaign, what kinds of initial reactions did you get to the idea of free transit? I think we faced a number of reactions, as you can imagine. We have a lot of people who do support the idea. Some people who don't believe it's realistic because from my perspective, they've been fed a lot of austerity messaging. And so they've really internalized things like, how are we going to pay for it? And how would that even happen? Which are very fair questions. But we, as Free Transit Edmonton, want to make those questions not the main focus of our campaign. We do have really incredibly smart people and organizers that have the policy answers of how other cities have done it. Over 100 cities across the world have made free transit happen. Since COVID started, we've seen countless number of cities make transit free. And so we know from this experience that it's deeply possible. So I think although we have had reactions that are negative or skeptical, we really do our best to push back against that because we know that these budgets exist. We know that budgets are about priorities. And especially now in this time where we're really being critical of budgets when it comes to things like policing, I think we all know that the money exists to fund the type of campaigns and the type of things that we need in our city. And I think infrastructure and I'll say especially public infrastructure with an emphasis on that word. Transit, making transit free in Edmonton is deeply possible and also has the support of the ATU union, both locally here in Edmonton, local 569, and nationally. So I think that really is telling that this is a movement that although we do constantly hear how are you going to pay for it or that's not possible, we know that it's possible because we've seen it happen. So you mentioned that one of your public actions earlier in the year before the pandemic was challenging city councillors to ride transit for a week. In the conversations that led to, what sense did you get of the range of attitudes towards public transit among municipal politicians in Edmonton? We do have a few councillors that are in support of our campaign, maybe not explicitly, but they do believe that public transit is an essential service and they do believe that it should be accessible. But I think the main message that our campaign puts forward is that people do not have to choose between free transit and good transit. And I think that many counselors are still really deeply using that framework of, well, it can't be free and good. If we make it free, then we would have to have a great loss or a great budget loss. And I think that's simply not true. I think there are many ways, whether it be through taxes and primarily not individual taxes, but taxation at a corporate level, there are many ways and many places that they can find the budget. Specifically thinking about the last couple months in Edmonton, the police budget is definitely a place to be looking at. 
But yes, we do have city councilors that we've met with and had great conversations with, but we want to be sure in the next election, which is coming up municipally next year, that we are supporting and amplifying city councilors that do agree with our message because we know that many policymakers and economists and people that are interested in running for city council in the future do support this campaign. In the campaign so far, both in person before the pandemic and, of course, online, what kinds of actions have you been asking people to take? The primary amount of our action thus far has been very surface level. Not to say that it hasn't been deeply useful, but because we only started launching our physical outreach right before COVID hit, we haven't actually been able to have a deeper connection with people that support free transit other than the people that are actively interested in organizing with us. So what that has looked like thus far has been signing petitions, canvassing. We have really amazing artists that we did an art contest with that submitted a range of free transit art. And we're going to be creating promotional materials with that artist who won our contest. As well as, as you mentioned, we have an amazing social media team who has shared, you know, memes and have kind of got personal narratives from people in Edmonton to create this personal narrative campaign that we're calling Fair Free Forever. So the primary engagement we've done is in this mini campaign, Fair Free Forever, which we launched to say, let's keep transit free forever. We know it's possible. And we kind of did this off the heels of the announcement that the city was going to make transit free while COVID was at its highest exposure rates and numbers. So that came with obviously huge changes to ATU members' work. And the union spoke with us about what they were facing during COVID and that they needed. They were lobbying city council to make transit free so they could be safer at work. And then Fair Free Forever came out of this thought that if it was possible for COVID, it could be possible forever. So many, many people have been super supportive of this campaign. It is primarily a social media campaign, but we've got lots of sign-offs to call for more federal funding, which is the petition that the ATU worked on getting out. We've had lots of people in Edmonton support that call, as well as just really continuing, and we are continuing on our social media right now to push all of the narratives of people who support this idea for reasons ranging from, you know, environmental reasons to racial justice and ending fair enforcement. We also created a Fair Free Forever toolkit, which anyone can download. It's kind of the basics on how to create a mini campaign, no matter what city you're in. So if you're listening to this right now and thinking, that's so cool, how could I have a free transit campaign in my own city? You can go to our website, freetransitedmonton.ca, and you'll see our Fair Free Forever toolkit, which has everything from templates on how to contact your local representative to lobby them for free transit, to how to tell your story and how to write an op-ed about free transit as it applies to your city, to graphic design I feel incredibly lucky as an organizer working with Free Transit Edmonton that we have a ton of people that have all of these different talents, especially social media, videography, graphic design, that are all volunteering their free time to do all these things, which has been really incredible. In terms of the downloadable toolkit, have you heard from folks in other cities who've taken it up? We have, yeah. We've talked to folks in a few cities. We've talked to folks in Toronto. We've talked to folks on the East Coast. We've talked to folks just around the corner in Calgary. And we're really seeing the idea pick up steam. 
I think lots of people have had this idea for a really long time or been involved in transit-adjacent campaigns. And I think now, this moment we're in, we're really seeing the idea be picked up more broadly. You mentioned earlier that you and the other organizers involved in Free Transit Edmonton really believe that in-person organizing, as contrasted with the online-only approach that the pandemic has necessitated, is the most effective and best way to do things. Why do you think that? Maybe I won't speak for everyone, but I'll speak for myself. I think while we've done, you know, webinars, and we had a very successful webinar with James Wilt in Winnipeg on why free and good transit is possible, I think while these educational webinars are amazing and we had an amazing turnout to those things, it doesn't deeply replace the connection that you make with someone when you're having a back and forth conversation and really expanding people's views on how to make the city that we need and the city that we want. I personally, in my range of organizing, have always been a big fan of outreach. And I think that organizing is about making connections. And that connection and that community comes from one-on-one conversations and looking people in the eye, not just through a screen. I think there's obviously ways around it, and we're going to keep pushing online. But I think we're all really excited to get back to door knocking and to going to public spaces and to holding these big community gatherings that we were set to have. What other groups and organizations in the city have been supportive of the campaign? As I mentioned, we have the ATU nationally, as well as Local 569 here in Edmonton that have openly supported our campaign. We also have SALT, which is a seniors group here in Edmonton, the Seniors Action and Liaison Team. For context, several months ago, the city raised the fare for seniors. So many people were deeply, deeply upset about that because transit is already expensive as it is. As well, just a number of groups have signed on to our public letters to city council, which range from APERG, which is our research group here, to Public Interest Alberta, to really just a number of people or organizations that really believe in this vision. I've heard of instances where transit unions were not supportive of free transit politics, presumably out of concern that it might mean there would be less money in the system, which wouldn't be a good thing for workers. How have you avoided that pitfall in building your relationship with the Amalgamated Transit Union? I think we've been able to build a really successful partnership. Steve Bradshaw, the president of the ATU local here in Edmonton, has been openly supportive of free transit since we announced our campaign. He even came to our launch at City Hall and talked about how possible free transit is and how much it would help transit operators. Because we see things like around 30% of disputes on buses and on the LRT system that we have here is about fares. So there is an argument that we make that eliminating fares increases safety for operators. The work that we want to do is engaging more and more transit operators in our campaigns. We've heard from some that they support the campaign broadly, but I think we would love for them to get more involved because we know that this campaign cannot happen without them. And we're deeply, deeply glad that the ATU sees that free transit is possible and that really there needs to be a mass investment at all levels of government, federally, provincially, and from the city itself in free transit and creating better infrastructure, because we know that it hasn't been updated in many, many years. And we know that many people need it to get around to school, to work, to doctor's appointments, you name it. In some cities, you see a sort of organized anti-transit backlash. Has there been anything like that in Edmonton? 
I think right now there hasn't been an organized force against us specifically, but it is more at least at this level, challenging the average worker's perspective on how could we possibly make this happen? Because I think there's a skepticism that we've been fed that we can't have these things. And I think not to cast too much of a bad light on Albertans, but I think your average Albertan has really lived through decades of conservative governments telling them that, you know, the budget and the bottom line is the most important thing. And the most important thing is not community members and workers actively building something for themselves that works for them. But I think that we're going to see as we grow much more organized backlash against free transit. And I think we're already seeing it with the decision that was made by city council to discontinue free fares, even though we're not out of COVID yet. And even though it still is unsafe to ride the bus. And even though an ATU member very recently was diagnosed with COVID. I mean, I think there is anti-transit backlash that's deeply embedded into this city that does have a car culture, as I've mentioned. Going back to our conversation about city councillors, we've had city councillors that don't support free transit in Edmonton, and we're now looking at who actually donates to their campaigns and who funds them. And for the majority of city councillors in Edmonton, that is developers. So when we're talking about who has access to which services, generally, not just transit, I think it's really important to paint a picture for people that the way that many city councillors are elected in the city is through developers. As someone who's done various kinds of activism and organizing in different places, what's your take on what is and isn't specific about doing this kind of work in Alberta? I think it's both similar and different. I think many people outside of Alberta would maybe have this picture of, you know, deeply conservative people not agreeing that anything should ever be subsidized or not agreeing in taxation. And I think there is a particular rhetoric in Edmonton that we have to face and challenge. And I think that is more often more applicable to the people that claim to represent us rather than your average everyday person. Because we do believe that we have popular support for this idea. And as we see our petition signatures go up and our social media go up, we understand that this idea is gaining popularity. And it's really just a matter of continuing to do that work. As I said, we're shifting from, you know, let's directly speak to city council to let's get mass community support so we can have the capacity needed to pressure city council. Because they're the ones that will ultimately make this decision. But in many ways, it's very similar to all the work I've done before. It's, you know, raising the bar and convincing people and raising expectations of what is possible and what, you know, the money that we pay in taxes can go towards. There are so many economic arguments for free transit. There's many social justice arguments for free transit. And we know that we're going to make it happen. What's Free Transit Edmonton doing next? We are actually coming back from a bit of a break. Since COVID hit, we've kind of been reframing. We've been doing these online webinars. We've been running our social media. But we're ready to get back to what does escalation look like? So we're having to restart a little bit and pick back up our momentum that kind of went dormant during COVID. But we'll be doing strategy sessions. I know we have more webinars planned as well as just pushing the narrative and deciding what our recovery plan looks like in terms of 
starting to do outreach safely, starting to get more community input, and doing coalition building. You have been listening to my interview with Cole Rockerts of Free Transit Edmonton. To learn more about the group, go to freetransitedmonton.ca. To find out more about Talking Radical Radio, the guests, the theme music, and the ways that you can listen, go to talkingradical.ca and click on the link for the radio show. On the site, you can sign up for email updates or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, iTunes, SoundCloud, and other platforms. I'm Scott Nye, a writer and media producer based in Hamilton, Ontario, and the author of two books of Canadian history told through the stories of activists published by Fernwood Publishing. Thank you very much for listening, and I hope you tune in again next week. <laughs>